We have no Thursday game to recap. Uh, if you were listening to this one, you do have the opener on Friday. We will preview the Giants series in general. We'll talk about the Jose Ramirez contract. Uh, we'll get into some other, you know, interesting performances in the early going. All on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. <laughs> Are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. I also want to take a second to introduce myself. I am Jeff Ellis, the host of Lockdown Guardians. Next week, we're going to hit 700 episodes of me as host of Lockdown Guardians. Uh, before I came to work at Lockdown, I was the lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout in 24-7. And before that, I did a similar job over at Indians Baseball Insider and even back in the day, an Indians Prospect Insider. Uh, mostly due to my draft coverage, I've pretty much appeared on every single Cleveland sports blog that you have ever read or been referenced there in some way, shape, or form. Right, let's get into the Jose Ramirez contract, because that's kind of the breaking news that we have. That's with the interesting kind of bit of information. Uh, you know, originally, we were told that, you know, the contract was, uh, like, I was thinking it was going to be over $150 million. but it's apparently not quite that case. Uh, when the, you know, all the things came out today, it was originally, I don't know if I want to say announced, but I, I think... For most of us, we assume that uh, that the fir- they were keeping the money the way it was these next two years, and then it was changing. Turns out that's not the case at all. This year, instead of twelve million, Jose Ramirez is going to make twenty-two million. So it goes twenty-two, and then next year it drops to fourteen, then seventeen, nineteen, twenty-one, twenty-three, and twenty-five. I think that's interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I get you probably wanted more money up front. That makes logical sense. But then to do a big drop and work his way back up, I don't know necessarily the logic in that. Uh, but it still comes out to being a little bit less than the 150 that most of us thought. It is one heck of a nice deal for the Guardians. Uh, before we get into the, where the Guardians payroll is after this deal, because again, I know there's a point in time where they had a payroll, I mean, I talked about on this very show, under $50 million. Jose Ramirez is now $22 million alone of that, so that, that's a pretty significant chunk but at the same time uh, i mean because right edwin that means that this year he officially breaks the edwin record i don't know if there was additional value for that because edwin was 20 million a year over three years essentially so he gets both records right there uh signing the contract you know a lot of i talked about on this very show the one podcast i had that got a thumbs down we got a negative review was the jose ramirez extension that's because somewhere there's an angry Mariners fan, there's an angry Blue Jays fan, uh, there's an angry Padres fan. By the way, the team he was closest to going to was 100% the Padres, talking to people. And remember, you heard it here first on this show, when everyone was talking about, oh, if he goes to the Blue Jays, what's the deal look like? Remember, I was the one stating about two weeks before anything was announced, the Padres make the most sense, and that's where he almost went. Uh, I don't really have the full details on what occurred there. I just know that that deal was coming down the pipe, and that's part of what incentivized this um, contract extension. Because, listen, uh, I had my best teaching job ever back in Ohio. I've talked about teaching at Ritman a long time on here. I know most people 
it doesn't always have the best reputation, but I really enjoyed my time there. The people were fantastic. The staff was fantastic. Uh, but I made significantly less. It is uh, you know, not a uh, high-paying district, and I moved to where I am now, and I've taught at some frou-frou districts in Wisconsin, and I pretty significant jump. Uh, a higher percentage change than what Jose Ramirez likely gave up in his million-dollar contracts. Even a bigger impact probably on my daily life uh, than Jose Ramirez taking, you know, millions less. But I would, in a heartbeat, take the less money and go back to uh, the job where I felt comfortable, I felt a part of something, and I was proud of what I was doing. I enjoyed my community, and I enjoyed where I was. Not to say that anything against where I am now, but it was just a truly special place, and I felt that. And I, I really love, you know, it's that place where you, you find the job you never want to leave because everything uh, is perfect and your stress level is low because you feel appreciated and you're working as a team and uh, there's never any dread about showing up and all that fun stuff. Like when you have a good job, we've all been there. We've all had the good ones. We've all had the bad ones where you feel like your soul is getting sucked out of you. Why am I doing this? Because I mean, it's clearly, this is what it was for Jose. Being in Cleveland, and this is why he should be the face of Cleveland sports. Being in Cleveland was priceless for him. He didn't want to be traded. He did not want to go to San Diego. And as it became clearer and clearer that he was probably going to get traded there, uh, he was like, I, I don't need a you know, he bet on himself to a degree. He also, I think, thinks, you know, he'll get his money in 2029 anyways because he's still going to be performing because he puts in the work. And he instead uh, took the contract that would keep him in Cleveland. And what's hugely important is the full no trade. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He feels comfortable. Cleveland is his home. It's where he wants to be. He doesn't want to be anywhere else. He is repping Cleveland harder than any individual <laughs> who plays any sport in Cleveland. This is where he wants to be, and he made it so it's impossible to trade him. He can't be traded. He gets to stay where he wants to be. He loves Cleveland, and that is why I went out you know, make that comparison. That's what you have to understand. He is getting a lot less than he would have gotten on the open market. Uh, yes, he, he got a nice increase these next two years. This is still a sweetheart deal overall for the Guardians, and that's what it comes down to. You know, Yes, he's going to make... $141 million, I think is the final count, uh, which is a ton of money. If he had waited, he would have probably gotten close to $200 million in free agency. So he could have, I mean, he essentially, what, $80 million left on the table probably, if not more. And why would he do that? It's because, it's he, A, he loves it, and B, it's where he's comfortable. And there are things more valuable than money. Uh, now, I know, again, it is humorous, the fan bases that got very mad at me about like Jose, I mean, I, I was always up front that they were not, I did not think they were going to trade him because of his value to the franchise. Now, it got pretty close. I can really brag that I had that right because I can tell you it got close. Um, if Jose doesn't call his agent that morning and be like, let's get this done, I want to stay, I'm not sure if Jose is a guardian six hours later. The, the pieces were in place. It was going to be hassle and gore and more. Um, I could never get a full compliment on that trade, and I never got confirmation on if Abrams was a part of it. Uh, but it was going to be like five or six pieces from the Padres uh, with hassle and gore, from what I understood as kind of the centerpiece. I don't. I think they were 
not getting Abrams. They were getting pretty much everything else uh, San Diego had not nailed down. Campesino as well. It was going to be you know, talking to someone tied to San Diego. He was like, it was going to be a trade where people would be really happy and really pissed off because of the cost of that trade. So let's talk a little bit about payroll here as we're already you know talking about salary. So this $22 million jump means payroll jumped another $10 million for the Cleveland Guardians. So they are now up to $69 million. Listen, they're still in the poor category here. They're no, they're just the king of the poor category. Uh, at 69 million, that moves them up to 27th in payroll. Uh, only teams behind them: Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Oakland. And the gap between them and Oakland is greater than the gap between them and Tampa and Miami. But still, Tampa and Miami are at 83 million. Imagine if the Guardians had an additional 14 million to spend uh, on this team. The the different, I mean. Let's see, right now, Wilson Contreras, it's kind of crazy that, like, we have games going on. Was it, maybe this wasn't updated, but I swear I was looking at something today about uh, Wilson Contreras and the the ugly fight with him and the Cubs in salary arbitration. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is just, no, this is from April 14th, today, that (laughs) they remain far apart in arbitration talks. Like... It, it's it just that's what boggles my mind and I had to go back and check it's like we can be in the season and they could be playing and Contreras doesn't have an official contract yet like <laughs> we don't know how much he's going to make but he is going to he wanted 10.25 Cubs wanted nine um I'm curious to see what he gets but like there's part of that 14 million right there and I still think you know going out and getting happen Contreras would just be a huge bonus to this guardian squad you know, Naylor's not a sure thing. He gets called up. We'll see what they do. A good chance. I don't know. I mean, the obvious one is to send down Pilkington. Uh, but remember that also come May 1st, they're going to have to uh, cut this roster down by two spots. You know, and uh, there's a good chance of, uh, you know, if the other guy I think for Naylor is Bobby Bradley, and then the question becomes when they have to move uh, two more spots off, does Yu Chen Chang get cut? Um, again, I expect uh, an angry Hiram in my mentions, but like he's not playing at all. He's not. So they're going to have to figure something out. Uh, 69 million is it's better than the sub 50 we talked about a few uh, few weeks ago. And they did take that money and finally start doing extensions, which is absolutely necessary. But it's still not perfect. It's still not ideal. It's still a really low. Your bottom four team in payroll. That's still embarrassing overall. Uh, We're going to take the quick commercial break, come back, and profile this upcoming series and opening day in general against the San Francisco Giants. Peanut butter is back. I've liked the peanut butter when they have it at Uh, They currently have this, and this one typically goes very quickly. It's actually one of the highest protein they have, like 19 grams in that one bar and only five sugars. It's higher in protein and lower than sugars than a typical bar, and again, their typical bar, something like their peep as a bar, like it, it tastes like a peep, but it's a health food bar, still gets an A in my health food app. You're getting so much protein and the sugars are low. Go to Built Bar yourself today. Again, right now, peanut butter is returning. That's a great one. I highly recommend the yellow chirps. Um, a churro is, was from my recent uh, purchase as well. I'm enjoying that. I like the puff. I've always said that. I like the puff flavors. But peanut butter is tempting. If I hadn't literally put it in order... In the last month, I'd be ordering some peanut butter right now from BuiltBar.com. Remember, when you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and that will save you 15% on your order. 
visbillboard.com promo code LOCKED15. And let's do my traditional breakdown, which is let's go position by position and say which team's better. We start a catcher, and then we can just kind of skip that because we always know it's going to be the opposing team. Uh, Giants get the advantage there. Jay Bartz is a bit of a disappointment for being as high of a pick as he's been, but he is still a massive upgrade over what the Guardians have. First base, uh, Owen Miller versus Brandon Belt. I know Owen Miller. I mean, it is kind of funny to look at roster resources right now. Uh, they're power rankings for players is always a little weird to me. It doesn't quite reflect. But, you know, you got Jose Ramirez at one, Owen Miller two, and Stephen Kwan is fifth overall. Uh, and Mercado, by the way, is sitting there 15th with Miles Straw 23. So <laughs> it's just, that's that's where they've been. That being said, Brandon Belt versus uh, Owen Miller. I mean, Belt's also having a fantastic year to start. He is, uh, he's 31st in their system. I'm going to lean belt over Owen Miller. Uh, I know Miller has been hot of late, and people out there be like, ah, but I'm I'm talking overall. Like, who do I think is the better player? Like, I think belt is better than Miller. Uh, we move to the second base position. We have Andres Jimenez versus Therio Estrada. I think Jimenez is a better player. Uh, I think Estrada has played better in the early going, but I, I would give the advantage to the Guardians. Shortstop, Brandon Crawford and Ahmed Rosario, that's to the Giants. Crawford is a very strong defender who was really fantastic a year ago. Uh, maybe he's he's going to come back to earth, but I still think that is advantage Giants. Third base, advantage Guardians. They're on Wilmer Flores, a backup. Uh, Guardians have the best third baseman in baseball. So we can move through that. So we had, what, two for the Guardians on the infield and two for the Giants on the infield, so still a one-point advantage as we move to talk about uh, starters in the outfield. Right, did I get that? I'm just having like a bit of a, yeah, no. Because So let's start with, uh, let's start in left field. You have Jock Peterson for the Giants and you have Stephen Kwan for the Guardians. I'm gonna go advantage Guardians, uh, just based on what we've seen with Kwan. Again, small sample size, but Peterson has been inconsistent for his career. Uh, Kwan has shown just some elite, elite traits, so that gives us a net zero. Center field, Miles Straw versus uh, Stephen uh, Dugar has started most of their games in center. They've also had a few, uh, you know, get passed around, like Maurice Dubon had one, and I'm trying to see who was the other person who had a start in center. But they've had a few players. Austin Slater was the guy. They've had a few guys kind of pop in and out. Advantage Guardians in this case. Uh, Straw is playing very well, and he's a top-shelf defender. Right field, Mike Yastrzemski versus Oscar Mercado. I, you know, yes, Mercado has done well to start the year, but I'm going to lead towards Yaz, just the body of work for him at that position. So you move through those. How is that even possible? <laughs> through nine spots. Uh, no, so it's, um, I feel like I must be messing up, right? Because you, uh, when you're going through, we, so catcher, Giants. First base, Giants. Second base, Guardians. Shortstop, Giants. Third base, Guardians. Uh, Guardians in left, Guardians in right. Sorry, Guardians in left, Guardians in right. Or in, in center, I should say. Right evens it out, going through the infield and outfield uh, positions. Designated hitter, that's why I was blanking on. 
For the Guardians, it's Framo Reyes, who's uh, struggled a bit. On the other side of things, Darren Ruff, uh, who is an older player, has also got some time at first and in the outfield. Been mostly a part-time guy for his career. Uh, Spotted a negative war this year. I'm sorry, that's well in the past. Uh, That's when he was with Philly. Uh, Darren Ruff, since he's come back from Japan, it's very limited action, but he's been productive in that limited action, but I still think you give advantage to Fran Mill. That puts the Guardians up heading into the the rotationary spots. Uh, just a comparison of, you know, Bieber obviously gives the, the ace advantage, but Logan Webb, Carlos Rondon, Anthony Del Scafini, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, I think that is advantage to the uh, San Francisco Giants in terms of starting pitching. Uh, bullpen, though, I think you lean towards the Guardians uh, just because it is a weird pen of uh, has-beens, never was and uh, scrap heap saviors. So the Guardians, by my, you know, just kind of lazy matchup type of stuff, are the, the better team slightly. They can go either way. You know, just looking at the pitching matchups, Rondon versus Plesak on opening day, I would lean towards the Giants. Scalfini versus Quantrill, I lean towards the Guardians. Wood versus Savale, kind of a toss-up. Um, I, I would probably lean towards Savale in that one. So that's, that's your preview for the Cleveland Guardians for opening day. Uh, we will come back and talk more Guardians baseball in a bit. Are you kicking yourself like I am right now? <laughs> How many times did I tell you, you know, go put five, ten bucks over on Stephen Kwan for Rookie of the Year. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to win it in a walk at plus 5,000 odds. Now, I could be wrong, but doesn't that mean that, like, you know, if I'd put ten bucks, I could be looking at, if I'd put a hundred bucks, I could I could be looking at life-altering money. Oh, we had all the information at our hands, and we were foolish. Uh, uh, we we could have all, all made some money here. Uh, go over to betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting and stats and sports info needs. Find all of your latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information from live betting to playoff, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So just in terms of things we talked about kind of recently on the show, uh, everyone else see the hashtag that is going all over social media about sell the team, Bob? Uh, you know, I that the Reds' ownership just looks really bad right now. Uh, Nick Castellanos took a second to kind of kick them around in the past few days. Like I said, sell the team, Bob, is a hashtag that is trending. It's even late at night, and it's trending. It's almost... It's past midnight my time, which means it's past 1 a.m. in the Eastern uh, time zone. And, uh, yeah, way to go, uh, Phil Castellini. You uh, you really united a fan base against you, which is something I talked about the moment I saw that that was going to happen. Like, how can you be that dumb? Like, if we had some kind of Idiot of the Week award, it would be going to him in uh, perpetuity. Ugh. So... You know, I uh, also want to take a second again and thank everyone for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. I want to thank everyone who's listening and or watching on the YouTubes. Uh, we're we're up over 150, which is fantastic. Getting closer and closer. Um, I had, what was I should give a, a thank you. 
to at 68 C Elliot. He's like, I'll probably never watch the show on YouTube, but I subscribed. And my response to that is great. Uh, all they care about is um, subscriptions in terms of getting us to that 1000. So I will take what we can do. Uh, and also just talk about the podcast in general, just to get in the, the nitty gritty of it. Uh, this week, uh, we've had like uh, three episodes get very close to a thousand downloads. Uh, my Stephen Kwan episode hit over 600 video. Like if you combine the video plus the downloads, like the, the quantum leap episode was nearly 2k, um, total listens. And that's, I mean, that's a huge jump. Um, and then yesterday's podcast, I was kind of, or yeah. Uh, no, two days ago's podcast when they had uh, is actually the biggest one. The Guardian scored ten runs, so I just want to thank everyone out there who is helping out, doing their part, downloading daily, rating and reviewing, all those fun things. Uh, you know, it's it's been a very fun week. It's really given me a lot more energy because we are we're we're having our best week, and that is really fun for me. Uh, just to see us kind of exploding outwards like that on the show. So it's been a long time since I've done this, um, but people used to like the the audio, like the insights, what what all the data says about uh, the listening audience. So I thought with no game today, perfect time to reach back and talk about exactly like who is listening and that type of information. So roughly, um, is that 62, 61% of our audience comes from Apple in some form or another. Uh, I mean, I'm not... Uh, like my, what I use doesn't even appear on our top 10 here, uh, downloads. Now this, I believe is like just total downloads overall. Um, so it's, it's, we are definitely as a podcast, most of you are Apple listeners, Spotify comes in too, and unknown is third. Uh, United States is the number one country for this show. Uh, United Kingdom is second and the Dominican Republic is third, barely edging out Canada by four downloads. So Canada's at four, Australia is five. Uh, we always do well in China. Like whenever I get the the uh, list from Chartable, like we're always a top 10 baseball podcast in China. So thank you to the Chinese uh, listening audience. Uh, I mean, thank you to all of our listening audiences, but that's the one where I'm consistently the highest rated uh, overall. Also pairing Australia, South Africa, Spain, and Netherlands in the top 10. Oh, this is... Uh, I wanted to pull up the individual states as well. We talked about that in the past. It was kind of funny to, that's right, I think if 94% of all of our downloads, though, are just from the United States. I believe if I come here and zoom in, it'll show me the individual state breakdowns. Come on, you used to do that. Let me pause this and play so we can have some fun. So how did things break down the last 90 days? Uh, in the United States, Ohio is the number one state. It is 43% of our downloads uh, overall. Number two state is California. Uh, if you remember back in the day, it's been a while when I last did this, uh, there was this weird point in time where North Carolina was out downloading Ohio. So in the la this is just in the last 90 days, we have one is Ohio by 43%, 6% to California, 5% to Florida, 4% to Pennsylvania and North Carolina, uh, Michigan, Texas, Illinois, Utah, Virginia, Georgia, Wisconsin, New York, Washington. Going all the way down, Rhode Island has had three downloads. That is our worst state. Uh, North Dakota, New Hampshire, also not very high. 
Oklahoma, South Dakota, Delaware, and Vermont. Those are all under 10 total downloads in the last three months. So at least I know areas to expand into. Uh, overall, those are not our strongest ones. <laughs> uh, let's see how much it can... I don't think it'll tell me... Into, oh, I can click on Ohio and see. Uh, Cleveland is 12% of Ohio's download. Columbus, Ohio, uh, 6%. Delaware, Ohio is our third most listened spot in Ohio at 5%. I worked in Delaware County at the juvenile court for about a year. Ashland, Ohio uh, is fourth, and it's just interesting because they had one day where they had 140 downloads. It's like, I don't know what happened in Ashland, but they had two days where they had just a ton of downloads. Someone was uh, apparently doing me a favor. There's 142 downloads on the 16th and 142 downloads on the 17th. Uh, my hometown of Akron comes in fifth. And then you can keep going down. Uh, not a lot of the the Cleveland suburbs. Maybe that's a bit of a surprise. I you know I can't say one way or another. Uh, it is interesting though that like two and three are Central Ohio areas. That is kind of a is kind of a are kind of a battleground. I do see Wadsworth in there, uh, another place I used to live in, and Cincinnati is actually in the top ten as is Dayton. So we're, we're doing pretty well overall in Ohio. Uh, let's see, if we go to the last page, what is our lowest listenership in Ohio? Uh, oh, we got a lot of ones. <laughs> so Alliance downloaded one, Amelia, Amherst, Baltic. Uh, there's, there's too many. Garfield Heights. Uh, man, that was a quiz bowl rivalry back in the day when I went to school. That was, that was one, of my, one of my activities was quiz bowl. And uh, we won a few state championships, and uh, Garfield Heights was the big rival. Uh, Niles, where my grandmother is from, uh, has one download tying at the bottom of the list. Uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. We're always looking to grow, but at the end of the day, if I go, it, it is kind of fun to just see the charts because they do like bigger, darker circles. Uh, it, so you see that we do listenership as one would expect is around big cities. Overall, how is the show doing? I, you know, I've done the call to action. I want to thank everyone because Comparing it to last month, uh, March 1st through 15th, we're up 130%. So that is all thanks to the listening audience. And like I said, honestly, our biggest episodes have been in the last few weeks. I know it's because the Guardians are doing well. I hope it's because people are also enjoying the content. Uh, YouTube has, again, been a very nice thing for me because it's introduced to a whole new crowd of people to interact with. New people are finding the show. And... Uh, just a new way to feel like it's being successful. Well, here we are, uh, the Guardian. And you just heard me open the YouTube page and have some background. We're up to 154 subscribers. So that's it's a little bit of behind the baseball of the podcast. Uh, just some fun with the geolocations, where people are listening, uh, that type of stuff. Uh, like I said, let me know what you think. Do you want more of that? Do you want less of that? I honestly haven't done that, I think, in about a year and a half. So it's been a very long time. Uh, the Astros guys love to tweet that stuff out. And I was like, oh, I should do that. It's been a while. And I remember last time I did it, it generated a ton of talk. There was someone like, hey, I'm the Seattle guy. Hey, I'm the Carolina guy. Uh, because that was, might have been even honestly, like in my first year doing the podcast, it might be like, it's probably 2019 or 2020 was honestly the last time we sat back and just got into that. And it's changed so much since then. That was back when it was a an 18 minute podcast. We only did two segments. Uh, and half the network was not filled. <laughs> Very different times. Uh, again, I want to thank everyone who's rating and reviewing. 
uh, that really helps the show grow. Um, the subscribe on YouTube is the simplest thing you can do uh, to really help as well. And I do want to, before we end this week's show, uh, I want to sit back and thank the newest subscribers to the show. Or not new subscribers, the newest people to, sorry, to leave reviews. Because I don't want to go a whole week and not uh, not thank people who left reviews recently. Uh, Medina, Tony, I think you keep leaving me new ones. So, because I swear I've talked about you before, but you're there again. And uh, congratulating me on the 700th episode. Thank you. Uh, Crombier, uh, you know, thank you. Uh, you know, a new listener, it sounded like from this. Uh very kind words. And then Guardians fan, who's the one who talked about player pronunciation. You know, I'll take a four-star review. And I understand. It is interesting. I must... The one-stars are also jumping, I've noticed. Those are... Uh, it's now like five-star, four-star, and then the one-stars. So some people are not as happy. Uh, the written reviews, outside of still, there's the uh, the one person who left a negative review about disliking Austin Riley, and then uh, the person from a year ago who did personal attacks. Uh, and, you know, there's, like I said, there are a few people on here. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's kind stuff. So I appreciate everyone who does it. Uh, it helps the show, and that's really... Because we don't know how the algorithms quite work, but it's like the more reviews, the more likely you are to get recommended, the more likely you are to get recommended, the more likely someone is to find the show. And as much as you're like, well, wouldn't everyone have found the show by now? No, I'm, I'm finding, I'm having new people every week tell me they're listening, and that is fantastic. Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis. This is the Lockdown Guardians podcast for this week. Uh, I already did kind of all of the stuff about reading and reviewing. Uh just more than anything else, like this week has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun over the last 10 days with the, with the extension, with the way some of the players are going, with just the momentum that we are building up as a fan base and as a team. And again, I just want to thank all the listeners out there because you are a kind, understanding group, and I appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening. I, again, I'm Jeff Ellis. We're at, let's see, this will be episode 691. So we are in, this kind of, you know, 10 out. This is 10, 9, you know, all the way down the line. Uh, wait, but this hasn't updated for some reason. So now I got to go check that. So this will actually be episode 692, and I got to figure out why um, the episode did not go from yesterday. That's uh, annoying, but, uh, and do me that favor. If an episode doesn't drop, please message me on my Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. I'm betting it got mislabeled in the uh, the app and is didn't release at the right time. It's probably releasing now, but uh, yeah, I've been Jeff Ellis, and I want to thank you again all. Oof, it's late. I'm rambly. It's the end of the show, and as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.